on today's episode of the Bowtie Guy podcast, I want to talk to you today about teaching students from poverty. Specifically, we're going to outline seven guidelines for smarter teaching of students in poverty. This is based on a collection of works from Eric Jensen. Now, let's discuss poverty. I feel like I'm an emeritus, survivor of poverty. I love the fact, and I do not ever deny the fact, that I grew up socioeconomically deprived. What am I saying? I grew up in a single parent household. My mom worked so incredibly hard to provide for the family. Now, that's not a traditional family set, but I'll tell you this right now, um, the, the manness, the manliness between my older brother and myself, we had to learn how to share. And I think that in the midst of uh, a collection of people that live in poverty, you, you learn that there are there's, there's distinctive qualities about them that, that make them endearing. And it's the fact that it, they're, they're one for all and all, all for one. I remember that we never had a I mentality. We never were focused on ourselves because we were more or less focused on the collective um, success of the group, of the, the collective health of the group. So it was more or less like a symbiotic team effort. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like I championed poverty growing up and, and I survived and, and, and acquired degrees and postgraduate degrees in spite of being brought into the world into a socioeconomically deprived situation. Now, you gotta understand that individuals living in poverty, they're not gonna look alike. So when I say the word poverty, who do you think of? What face do you think of? Now, if you're thinking of that face, you're wrong because it's a kaleidoscope of color, a kaleidoscope of locations. It's a kaleidoscope of geographics, a kaleidoscope of duration, a kaleidoscope of family structure, a kaleidoscope of intensity. Now, what do you gotta understand about all of this is that poverty has a billion and one manifestations. While many still think of the poor as an urban phenomenon, in fact, over half of all poor are in suburban or rural zip codes. This is based on a study by the United States Department of Agriculture in their Economic Research Service. Now, there are several ways that you can break down poverty. We need to focus on what we can do with that cyclical sense of poverty and how we can seek and destroy it with a heat-seeking missile. Hey, that heat-seeking missile, baby, is gonna be the seven guidelines for smarter teaching of students in poverty. Number one, can we embrace the emotional social skills? That's one thing that I am so incredibly proud of. And I remember I had a recent conversation with my mother where I was kind of championing the fact that we had a beautiful sense of communication in our family. <laughs> we, we communicated quite well uh, in the, in, and almost to the fact that like we were, you know, like one of your prototypical Italian families where they have one volume loud. No, we just, we always, accepted everyone's opinion and because like my mother was the, the the leader of the home it's kind of like if you look at like lion prides like th there was no gender confusion there was no dispute about who was who the boss was of the family because she had to be but we had this great sense of community great sense of communication where we were able to articulate our feelings mad is mad happy's happy you, you were never confused about how we felt and see and I embrace that today that I'm glad that I can be so expressive in my emotions because it, it gives me a platform uh, to creatively express myself, especially in writing. 
Now, and it gives me somewhat of an identity as well. Now, I am not poverty today, but you know, I am of poverty of yesteryear. And that poverty has cultivated me into the person that I am today, which, which you know what, between you and I, I'm quite proud of that guy. Now, we need to embrace those social skills. That's number one. If you help students become stronger socially, that means you need to enhance those social cues, enhance those social calamities that we can uh, avoid, you know? So those potholes in conversations where we're, where we're not giving uh, the ebb and flow of a conversation the due diligence it deserves. You know, God Almighty on the parapets of heaven gave us two ears, one mouth. Why do you think that is? He's a mathematician because we need to listen twice as much as we speak. If you help students become stronger socially, you can reduce suspensions, which if you were paying attention to earlier podcasts, uh, expulsions, suspensions, those absolutely destroy the advantage or whatever advantage may be there. Um, it's more or less a disadvantage to that child. It, it just destroys their attitude and it affects the aptitude because their attitude is shot. Now, graduation rates as well. So we, we need to cultivate a culture of communication. Whereas we learn about the, uh, the constructs of a conversation that sometimes we need to listen. Sometimes we can speak, uh, pause, breathe, <laughs> don't, don't go on a pedantic, marathon where they're where you're setting a world record for depletion of oxygen now let's talk about number two we can embrace we need to measure quickly with self-assessment here's what we need to understand when students need help they need it today not like a week later or next week or next year <laughs> students who do not initially understand content often do not ask for help why because you know they there's a sense of shame and burden i mean and a burden that they carry where they don't want to ostracize themselves typically in um, when you have nuclear networks of poverty you have families of poverty that the, there's this humility about the the community the culture where you try to draw as little attention to yourself positively or negatively as possible because they have that team mindset, you know, all for one, one for all. Number three, build cognitive capacity. Now, students from poverty are likely to have smaller vocabularies. That's because there's fewer periodicals and, and fewer uh, high quality um, literature sets such as um, just the New Yorker, just, just having a wide variety of intellectually stimulating reading material. Now, students from poverty are likely to have smaller vocabularies, few or no books at home, and few chances to build thinking and reasoning skills. You may have also heard teachers or students talk about certain students who just aren't quote unquote smart. You better not show mm, that's horrible. No one is quote unquote smart because they learn how to be smarter because that's not the terminal destination is just to be smart. No, we are perpetually trying to capitalize upon that intellect, that, that quote-unquote smartness that we have. It, it's not terminal. There's a glass ceiling there. Now, you may also have heard that they talk about this student who just isn't smart, and it's unfortunate. No one is smart because everyone should be learning how to be smarter. We could teach cognitive capacity builders with that thing that we've been doing for a long time, but now we want to go ahead and try to... Uh, financially um, find a, a lucrative amount of worth with it. You got to understand that growth mindset is growth mindset is incredibly important in building the student up scaffolding, giving them a, a scaffold for success. 
Number four, we're gonna talk about relationships. Relationships between the teacher and the student and between the students and between the teacher and the parents and the parents and the student. You gotta understand that relationships are vital because we are all interconnected if you really wanna give it any thought. All right, so when we teach cognitive capacity builders with a positive growth mindset every day, you can say, or your kids, your brain can and does change every day. And I'll show you how to do it. So understand that our brain is a, uh, it's a, it's a wonder of the world. It's, it's one of the great mysteries and one of the least understood parts of our bodies. Now, let's shift on to attitude building. I don't think I really covered the relationships. Okay, you need to provide multiple opportunities for students that live in poverty to create solid attachments and strong senses of interconnectedness, strong relationship bonds that can bolster crucial relationships with peers, caregivers, and school uh, staff. There's a quote that I love from the Bible that talks about to be a friend or to make a friend, you got to be a friend. Pretty much something to that effect. But if you don't ever learn how to be a friend, you'll never have friends. So attitude building. Many students come to school with thoughts of hopelessness and anger. Research shows they hear a two to one ratio of negatives to positives. Look, talk about the negative Nancys and the, and the cynical Susans. You know, they do nothing but just degrade your sense of purpose. Now, positive attitudes can be taught though. You can be the one that illuminates their day. You can be that one pillar of excellence of societal excellence, where you are the fizzy lifting drink, Willy Wonka style, where you lift people up and not let them down. Number six, cultural responsiveness. You need to understand that students from poverty are more likely to be stressed. And we have discussed on earlier episodes that depression, lack of sleep, uh, anxiety can significantly degrade the student achievement outcome that a student can be expected to perform at. Now, cultural responsiveness. They're gonna be stressed. People who live in poverty are stressed because of the, I guess, the unpredictability of the influx of income, the next meal they're gonna have, whether or not they're gonna be evicted from their apartment. So those are things that are going through that kid's mind during the course of your, what you deem a very important lesson. Sometimes we lift our heads way too much higher than our hearts. So, you need to understand that students perform better when their teacher lets them know that they belong, that they are part of the crew, all right? They are part of an academic environment, a think tank, a learning laboratory, if you will. Students are going to work harder when they know that you are an ally, not an adversary. You know what happens when you yell? You're admitting, you're advertising to the entire world that you have no control. So be mindful of that. When you find yourself elevating your voice, not only is it just a, a very obvious sign that you, you feel like you're not being heard, you just gotta understand that Do your old boy a favor. Resist the temptation to judge and act first, then ask questions later. Here's why. In U.S. public schools, there's more than 3 million suspensions per year. Let that check it wreck you. Yeah, you heard me right. Each year in the United States, in public schools, there's more than 3 million suspensions per year. Each suspension increases the odds that a student will end up in prison. That's research. 
So be responsive to the students that you work with and be aware that their backgrounds and influences, you know what, are not going to be the same as yours because the last guideline I want to give you before we check out for today, E is for energy, E is for enthusiasm, E is for excellence. There's a certain amazement, folks, in the E that is engagement. Students often complain that work in school is not relevant. They make each lesson interesting and relevant on their own because the teacher in their own right is boring. Now, if you know anything about the research that we have uh, discussed in their implications on student achievement, you better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why, because if you have a kid that's bored in your classroom, you better go ahead and uh, find the heat-seeking missile to the toilet because that's where student achievement is headed. Here's what you gotta check and wreck. You don't need money, curriculum, or lesson plans to be engaging, to be accepting, to be warm, to have a culture of acceptance, a culture of kindness. We need to focus more on engagement if we're gonna reach, teach, preach those students of poverty. I don't know about you, but we're gonna be pop, 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 popping towards our next episode, which is episode 30.